You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity, and more, with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hi, welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws, and it's not often we have people back on the show, but when we do, we make sure that they're very special. Um, I've got a guest who, uh, who I first saw on TikTok and Instagram. He's been on the show before. And it's almost exactly a year to the day um, when this episode goes out that you were last It's our anniversary, show. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So Congratulations, uh, we back. made it to a year. Welcome back, Mr. Barnard. How are you? I'm very good, mate. Thank you so much for having me back. You know, I was listening to our episode again this morning uh, from one year ago, and my goodness, how much has changed in one year. Um, loads to talk about in this episode. <laughs> no. All sorts has happened. Yeah, I was going amazing. to start with, so James, what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> what haven't I been up to? Honestly, that was such a nice little recap to re-listen to that episode again. And uh, this is, you know, it's like a little diary entry just to see how things have changed after one year and how how foolish I was thinking, you know, some of the things I said. Um, but honestly, it's been a whirlwind, an absolute whirlwind. And, and you've been a massive part of that. So it's nice to come back one year later to talk about, you know, how it's all gone. And uh, we'll catch up on a few things for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I met you, you were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Uh, I'm getting my kids that... into this, uh, into uh, old style music. Actually, they're loving it. Like, um, my my daughter's four now. We're, we're browsing YouTube, and she's listening to like, um, Annie Lennox is her favorite at the minute, and it's it's so amazing um, to rediscover those artists again uh, through your child's ears. Uh, it's just a lovely little uh, yeah, lovely my... little thing to experience. My kids are the same, but they they kind of refer to it as like music from the olden days. Yeah, well, that's pretty insulting, isn't it? Mad. I know. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So, I mean, the last time we spoke, um, obviously, you were just growing TikTok and Instagram. You know, you'd had a you'd had some success so far, and you were starting to build kind of your brand. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, shit, man, a lot has happened to you. And I guess my first question is going from now and going backwards is like how does it how does it feel now that you are so much more well known than you were back then it's amazing mate honestly um so much has happened so many doors have been opened thanks to the, su the success that i've had on tiktok and instagram like last time we spoke i was doing pretty well on tiktok instagram was a little bit more of a slower burn and pretty shortly after our podcast, I had a video hit something like 15 million views on Instagram. And my account went from like 8,000 followers to 100,000 followers in two weeks. Wow. It just exploded. So obviously like doing the kind of the TikTok based content totally worked for Instagram. That sort of short form video marketing, those one minute long um, TikToks were just being reposted to Instagram and they killed. And like, I got a huge following from that. And off the back of that, I guess because, you know, Instagram is a bit more mainstream or was at least. Um, I've just had so many more people reach out. So not just in terms of clients, but other opportunities as well. So I've done a couple of public speaking gigs. I'm now partnered up with Adobe. I'm like a product ambassador for Adobe. Um, I've done Adobe live streams. I've done six Adobe live streams officially with their live stream channel. A guy called Flynn in Australia here messaged yeah. me and was like, you got to get on the APAC channel because we have nothing between, you know, the hours of um, 12 to 2 p.m. Australia time. Everybody else in the world is in bed. So please come on and do some live streams. And it's been great for me because I get to kind of practice my, you know, public speaking. I get to do it actually like 
basically hosted a live TV show for an hour, which I is know. amazing. So I've, I was always doing sort of Instagram live stuff before, but this on a more sort of official level was just game changing for me. And so much has come from that. Loads of contacts at Adobe, loads of paid partnerships, and just loads and loads of client work as well. But that's what what's lovely though from that is obviously I I first saw you on TikTok and straight away it's like I said to someone the other day that you won't always be um in you'll see someone and you we won't naturally warm to them and then other people you will and and I'm like that in the industry there are certain people who I've either not met or not seen enough of them or they just don't resonate with me. But you did. There was something about the way you delivered it, the content you were doing. It was so much, so much better. Um, but I think you 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 had a great start anyway. You had a great platform to start with, to build on. And now, from a point of networking, where like people joke, oh, oh, I know someone, or I know someone. Like you're the same there, mate. You're, you know, you're opening up doors. You're making contacts, not said not just with clients, but with colleagues, peers people in the industry mm. people up high people who follow you um you got to meet chris Absolutely. uh in, in brisbane well now you're let's on... talk about that for a second yeah. can we okay so just to let your audience know that like how much you've had my back over this last year you personally have opened all sorts of doors for me. I had to write it down. Okay. So I, I actually wrote down everything that I think you've done, you've personally done for me. Uh, signed merch from Draplin, uh, Adobe Max 2022. Uh, you got me a signed book from Chris Doe, which then led to a conversation with him, which led to then me actually meeting him in Brisbane. Um, you send me illustrated tips daily, you know, through my Instagram feed. So if I'm struggling for content ideas, I've always got your sort of backup. Uh, shoot graphics you put me on their radar and I've done a couple of paid partnerships with them and the biggest one you tagged me in a post on LinkedIn with the senior events manager of Adobe Max and said how about we get James Barnard to talk this year and off the back of that pretty much I am now speaking at Adobe Max in 2023 so there's just a little short list of all the you know that this blossoming bromance and what it's done for my <laughs> for my business <laughs> but that's what that's but, yeah. the thing I love I love about the industry is you know we've all got to help each other and sometimes just just those small things go I say they go a long ways I you know you were already doing the work mate it, it's just a mm -hmm. case of trying to can just trying to get those connections going because I knew you'd get on with Chris I know you'll get on with Aaron um you're already on Adobe's radar. It just sometimes needs a little nudge for someone to mm. just, you know, look back over there because that that world of content, it's like moving so fast. I think every once in a while, and I've always said this on the podcast, like just respond to people on Instagram and TikTok. Just say thanks for the video. Thanks for the content. Mm. Or, yeah, just send a nice tip or just help. And I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pleased I've been able to do stuff for you, but it, it's just like it feels like you're my mate, and I do that for my mate. Yeah. And well, I'm I'm a bit worried actually because of all of the beers that I'm going to owe you when I get to Adobe <laughs> Max. I think I'm going to have to buy the bar tab for the night. Um, well, mate, but I'm looking I'm... forward to actually meeting you in person when we finally get there. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, I was, as soon as the um, we had that we had that little secret call when you found out, <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, "Can you talk?" Yeah. Ooh. 
You could ask me about that tip I've just sent him. Right. And, let uh, me just then... let me just clarify for your audience before you before you embarrass me here. Okay. So when I found out that I was going to be a speaker at Adobe Max, I couldn't tell anybody. Okay. It was proper like early stages. There was no final commitment. Um, I could tell my wife about it, and you know, my wife's sick of hearing my my of all my success stories now. <laughs> she can't stand me. So um, I was like, who can I tell? I'm so excited. And I thought, right, let's, let's have a quick chat with uh, with Dave. Um, and then you picked the phone up, but I think it was like 11.30 at night your time because I'd just found out and you were all like disheveled with your hair all messy and you just got yeah. out of bed to come chat to me. But honestly, I, I was so excited. I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, I've got to call. I got to tell someone and you were the perfect uh, candidate. So thanks for being my uh, my sounding board. Oh, no, mate. I was honestly so chuffed for you. It was like, yeah, it was like my brother ringing me to tell me something that really good had happened but, <laughs> and we're both under nda so it's all cool we can talk about anything adobe that's yeah. off the record but uh, yeah mate yeah. honest i was so chuffed because you know now now is the right time for you i think you know looking back over that past year and all the things you've done which we still got plenty to talk about in this episode that you've done but i just think like it's all about timing sometimes and you've now you're now at a point where i think you know you've done live breakfast tv you've done adobe lives now <laughs> now now is your time to kind of get up on get up on stage i think you're part of a yeah. um, a, a design chat on you you've got 15 minutes to talk about your specific thing that's right yeah this what this won't be your first max and it's the thing i'm glad that that you know they're getting you over there i think as a as a designer it's a great event to be at and network and meet those people from adobe and meet those other creatives and speakers and you know you're you're mm -hmm. on par with them. I, I remember the two years I was online at Mac, and it was such a huge thing to call myself an Adobe Mac speaker, even though it was yeah. virtual. But to to see your image on that page, and then like, and aside from being alphabetical, you you're not up there alphabetical. <laughs> you're up there out of status. Yeah, they added me. Um, I'm, I'm still sort of um, blindsided by the whole thing, but they added me as a headliner. Okay, so on the homepage of the website, there's Aaron Draplin, there's Chris Doe, there's Annie Atkins, who's also a hero of mine. You know, the yeah. pop making film industry. I've been, I've, I've got her book. I have followed her for ages. A couple of rows underneath that, and there's me. And like a year ago, I was like barely anybody. I had like two thousand followers on on Instagram, and like, what has happened? And honestly, it's it's a it's an absolute dream come true. I've got to say, like, I really, really put the feelers out to Adobe. I was messaging all of my contacts there going, do you know if I can get there as a speaker? Um, between us as well, I was I was almost certainly going anyway because of the Adobe Express ambassadorship that I'm part of now, and they were going to fly out a few people. So I was probably going to get to go, which is incredible. But to be able to be flown out there, hotel for four nights or however long it is, full pass, extra bits and pieces, a bit of spending money. Like it's, it's like a proper like moment for me. And it's like being a, being an Adobe Mac speaker lends so much credibility to me and my, my business now it is beyond exciting. Um, I get, like you said, I got a 15 minute slot to talk between a couple of other um, pals of mine who are doing some presentations in a session called the super sessions, which is basically right after the keynote on the first day yeah. in front of something like 1500 people. Um, I just got to come up with a talk now. <laughs> I think you're in. Uh, you do. Paul Tranny is part of it, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He is the evangelist. Paul, yeah, Paul's such a lovely guy. I remember, do you know, there was one one Adobe Max. He did sneak peeks, and it was uh, Tiffany Haddish was the uh, guest speaker. She absolutely took him to the cleaners. 
Really? See him. Oh, she was flirting with him so bad. Oh. She had him squirming. <laughs> she knew exactly what she was doing. And Paul, Paul being the professional that he is, was just like trying to hang on in there, trying not to be embarrassed or... But oh, right. he, I mean, he's, he's a consummate pro anyway, but yeah. Maybe I'll have uh, to flirt with him a bit then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is great. It's great. And I think, you know, you can... You've got so many things you can talk about now. It's like, I know you said uh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about the book idea in a minute, but mm. now you've got this experience, you know, your client base has increased. And like we said, your contact uh, base has increased. You you know, when we first chatted, you just got those uh, logos, which I think we can see maybe one or two of them behind you that were in the Logo mm. Lounge book. We've got the, the Logo yep. Lounge 14 coming up soon. Yeah. I have a few well, entries in that one. So, yeah. well, uh, not accepted yet because they haven't uh, announced it, no. but I'm um, fingers crossed I get a few. I, I certainly submitted enough, uh, <laughs> knowing full well what it did for my business last time I got in there. Um, but that's exciting as well. So, um, yeah, the, there's, let's hope that they announce the book details soon of that one because I'd love to be a part of that again. But yeah, yeah, just honestly, the opportunities yeah. from that, that, you know, experience alone were just insane. I think I got, when I got that first video, what that went viral i had something like 70 leads come through in a single day and i've tried to keep that kind of train of content running to keep those leads trickling into my business and ever since then i've been booked three months solid at least for the entirety of that you know duration of since those videos first sort of took off which is just great but i'm in a position now where I, i'm having to sort of turn down well I'm, I'm, I'm losing work like i just lost a job today because i can't fulfill a logo project in time they need something done fast so a, a, a few months ago, I, I hired as an assistant, which was a huge step for me. I actually got some help to kind of help me get these jobs through the door. I'm still sticking to the sort of um, the previous sort of timescale for logo projects, but she's actually helped me do things like client presentations and logo export, um, a lot more of the sort of grunt work that it, that's just really just not a great use of my time. And she's actually even, you know, she's a, um, her name's Beatrice. She's from um, oh. Würzburg. She's actually from Romania, but she lives in Würzburg, Germany, um, which is so incredible because when I send her a job, I'll go to sleep at night, wake up in the morning and it's done. And I can send a client presentation straight off to a client with very, usually very minor tweaks to the work that she's done. And it's just fantastic. Um, I'm just so annoyed that I didn't do it sooner. It was such a misnomer to be you know, really trying to do everything myself and struggle with it and approaching burnout with all the actual admin of bits and pieces that I had to do. And now I've got some help. So it's just opened up so many doors for me. It's great. Yeah. Did you find, because I, I remember when you obviously put the call out for, for assistance, um, were you, like, what was your feeling of burnout? What was that inundated with, with people wanting to use you? And I'm sure there was a, you know, there's a huge percentage of time wasting in there. If people want it cheap, free. Um, mm -hmm. They, you know, they want James Barnard to do it for them, but they've got no budget. Were mm -hmm. Were you starting to get to that burnout phase where it was affecting yeah. you mentally? Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I was, I guess, kind of early stages in the kind of professional level of my business. Now, I've since partnered up with um, a CRM platform called bloom and they were actually a partner of mine for one of my videos they gave me access to their crm system which has now helped me create a sort of lead generation funnel through my website so i used to just get an email off someone and have to reply to that email with a templated response and that was a manual thing i did every day well, and now those leads come through a crm 
they go into a little thing their details are already added to the system and now i just press the button depending on what they've said in their questionnaire at the start usually around budget and i'll go boop, 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 and i'll just deal with all those leads in about two minutes whereas that would have taken me half an hour to an hour each morning to try and just to tackle all that admin so it's about you know i've started to get systems in place now where everything's kind of sped up a little bit and now i have an assistant so that's going to speed things up even more so the the aim of the game is to basically streamline that client process so it can allow me to do more of the fun side of things like create a course do video work write a book speak at adobe max you know this is the, the aim of the game is to now split my time evenly between doing this logo design work and the opportunities that you know being successful on social media has now afforded me yeah and time is such a big thing because it's a conversation i've with so many designers where they don't really understand the business side like what happens if you do get success what happens if you do take off quickly you have something that goes viral and it brings it in and everyone wants to be the cool logo designer We're like, oh yeah i just want to do the one logo and that's it and they don't realize it's not just a logo it's branding it's conversation mm. with the client it's client management it's then money and it's tax and it's time management that mm -hmm. that's i know you ran your own company anyway didn't you yeah but now now that you are successful and you've got a family and you've got a wife um are you finding now that time management is easier because you know what you want to do or is it still are you still at a stage where it's still a bit overwhelming because you're kind of still right you're still on a upward curve at the moment as i see it it's, it's going to get i'm busier. approaching Sorry to interrupt the delays no, because of Australia. Um, it's approaching a streamlined process. Okay, I'm getting there. I really am. There, it's not perfect, but you know, since we spoke a year ago, um, it's massively better. I, I have a to do list each day, and it's manageable. I have time that I can spend with my children. They're they're four and two years old, so that's really important to me as a freelancer. Why, why else would I be a freelancer if I you know didn't want to have the time to spend with my family? And that's just awesome. It, it is a it is a fine line. I, I still work evenings because of the time difference, and it's better to speak with Europe and the US at this time of day. Um, but yeah, it's a, over the last year, I've basically put in a few processes now where it's everything is quite sort of manageable. I, but I've got so many projects that I want to do, I just can't start them because I you know there's so much that I actually want to get off my plate that each day I kind of need to break down the uh, the actual the start point of that like and doing an hour of each project at a time and project managing it myself so that I can actually find the time to do it. So I'm really struggling. Like, like I said, there's all sorts that I, that I really want to do. There's, there's, I got approached to write a book um, earlier this year and we've put that on pause now because um, Alan Peters is launching a book yeah. and it's the wrong time to do it. Um, that's not the reason. Um, his book, by the way, just looks absolutely amazing. It so does, I, I yeah. kind of didn't want to compete with that. Um, uh, and also just finding the promise of the book, like what, you know, if I was going to write a book, I'm, I want to be writing a book about logo design and I want to be able to be like the person to speak to about that. And it's, it's difficult to find a promise, like what this book will do for you when you've got books like um, books by James Martin and books by Alan Peters and, and obviously George Buckler and all the, the legends and David Airy who are all out there have already done it. And what, what new can I bring to the table? So I've had a few ideas around that and it'll definitely take some time to kind of massage out of me, but doing that alongside client work is a big undertaking. So I'm, I'm trying to split my time directly in half to focus on these personal projects and um, keep the client work 
you know, tr trickling along as well. So I've got some, at least some beer money trickling in. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> so to, to pick two examples um, in like Aaron Draplin and Chris Stoke, you've got Chris who had client work, now does no client work. It's just purely yeah. he makes money for the future, all the content mm -hmm. they make for the future. Then you've got Aaron who who seems to straddle it really well. He still takes on client work, but like can be really like he'll do it he'll do Lego for his mates, but he's very uh like he can just pick and choose because his brand yeah. is now his business. And I think that's that's the frustration. I I mean, I know when like near at the, the level you're currently on, but I think when you're at a point where your brand is capable of being your money earner, mm. It's like a horrible thought to think of giving up client work because that's that's kind of the bread and butter. But I think there comes it is. a point where, you know, even Alan um, has been there all this time. He does great work and, you know, his, his book's coming out. But I noticed like only, what, six, seven months ago, he put the call out saying, hey, can I be on some podcasts because I need to elevate my brand. And mm -hmm. while he does client work, I think that's the thing is you, you will find that, there's some really exciting projects you want to do that are just James Barnard that will yeah. make you money, but you're kind of not ready to let go of that client work yet because the the projects are sort of might do something, the client work does do something. Yeah. So I think it also your, your... kind of it also keeps you relevant, right? If you keep yeah. the client work, you're still kind of you know on the ground doing the grunt work and learning the new bits and pieces. And that's, that's massively important to me because my content is all about software tips and tricks and being a freelancer and how to get the best out of your, your, the business of design. Um, if I'm not, you know, on the front line using illustrator every day, I'm going to fall by the wayside very, very quickly. And, you know, you've seen over the last two months, how God, different yeah. these software packages are now. It's just insane. You've got to keep up with it. Um, it's like in any industry, really, if you don't, you know, adapt and you don't, stay abreast of the latest technologies you'll fall by the wayside and the client work keeps me keeps me fresh and i like it and i enjoy the client work so i'm, I'm going to keep it keep doing it for as long as i as long as i can um you know it's just i, lo I love my job i love that that's what i started doing i've always been a graphic designer and i'm so lucky that i get to do it i really don't want to kind of you know put the client work to the side just yet but i am I definitely kind of split it down the middle that's the plan yeah I think that's the thing, you still love it. And, you know, when I watch your tips and I know we, we have like a little joke where you'll show something and I'll go, yeah, mate, you've got tools that already do that. But like, <laughs> not, not, not everyone's got to do graphics. And obviously you've got to pay, I don't know, $139 to, to own a plugin to do some of the stuff. But I think, like you said, the soft, like that, just Adobe alone, that world yeah. of software right now. I mean, when I meet people who are, I'm not, I'm not going to Adobe. I'm not being held hostage for my world. I'm not, you know, man, what <laughs> the stuff there, those guys and girls and whatever are, are missing yep. out on. I just think if you really, you know, I'm not having to go at anybody that, that, you know, it's a choice what software you use, but I think the rate of expansion of what the software is capable of is a lot of people are going to get left behind because like you said, what's happened the last two months with Adobe is, mm. you know, where this stuff has been seen. I remember, I remember being at Max at uh, Sneaks and see it. It was really weird. Some of this stuff we're seeing now, I saw five years ago, yeah. and and yeah. it was showing up in Sneaks. It's just little things, just little things. The Adobe Sensei AI. Now we're at a point where 
I, I'm worried it's going to go faster than people can keep up with. And this no is a massive a issue yeah. that they have. I was talking with a, with a member of Adobe today, actually, one of the lead designers on Adobe Illustrator, because I made a video about um, this delete anchor point tool yeah. in, in Illustrator that leaves the path where it was. And apparently that's been around for three years and I just found out about it today. And so she, she, she was saying, you know, there's a massive disconnect between these new tools and the people who use them. Um, and Adobe, I think, have kind of cottoned on to that, that they, they're putting money behind marketing to get these new tools out in front of people. And they're doing that with people like me. So I, I've, you know, been very lucky to be on the, on the receiving end of a few partnerships with Adobe because they're so desperate to get these tools out in front of everybody that they're willing to kind of, um, you know, pay influencers like me to kind of get them out there. And luckily my content is totally suited to that kind of, um, those kind of releases from Adobe. So they, they marry up really well. And I did, I did like a little um, Instagram poll, like, do you think you're seeing too much sponsored content from me? And some people yeah, were like, have you even been doing sponsored content? I didn't even realize. So it's just, it just perfectly marries up, which has been absolutely amazing. So Adobe have just been like the perfect partner. But yeah, there's a massive kind of disconnect between new software tools and tips and tricks that look that they do on Adobe sneaks at Max. And everyone goes, whoa, and it forgets instantly. And three years later, they're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that tool that you, you can use. And it's just, you know, there's so much to these these um, software packages that if you don't kind of stay fresh with them, you forget all of that stuff, um, which is why I think my content has been so successful it's because people like to be reminded of it and if you didn't know about it before you know i'm always here to kind of showcase those tips and tricks at least it's the tips and tricks because i experienced this when i was at stew and it was i was in a bubble where you know i was lucky enough to be part of a company that made all these things that illustrator either can't do or does do but doesn't do very well when it could be improved and then and it also adds new features but the negative of that is you can very quickly forget what Illustrator can do because you're always focused on what it can't do. So you're always trying to sell the plugins. But mm. actually, there's a lot still under the hood of Illustrator where even you, you know, that's what I think it's cool. You go, man, I've been using Illustrator for five years, 15 years, whatever. I never knew it could do this. And then you get all those idiots going, oh, you're a professional. Yeah, um, oh, they drive me nuts. But it's so but annoying. It's, can we just can we do? Can we just talk about that for just a second? Because it's so frustrating when you when yeah when you when you do a post and someone goes, "How can you call yourself a designer? You didn't know this tip. It's been around for ten years. What kind of a designer are you?" And you're like, "For God's sake, you don't know what you don't know, right?" And I'm not embarrassed to say when I don't know about a tip or I haven't experienced something or maybe I've missed out on something because. The marketing wasn't there on that new feature i'm finding like lots of new new designers are pulling me up on things that i didn't know because they're getting taught it because they're fresher in the software and they're, they're starting with packages where i learned i learned on adobe cs3 or cs2 or whatever it was and now that that's been added to over the years and these little things have creeped in that i don't know about and it's one of the, the my the reasons that i advocate watching live streams is because it's basically the equivalent of sitting beside a designer like we used to in offices before COVID and learn off of other designers. You can watch Adobe live streams or other streams with people designing on screen and pick up tips from watching people work. And I'm a huge fan of that. Just sitting and, you know, while you're working in your day job, stick an Adobe live on the on your second monitor or whatever, or on your phone yeah. and just watch somebody else work and pick up some tips and tricks. Cause yeah, it's insane. The, the wealth of free knowledge out there. 
um yeah the education space around graphic design now is just all free you don't need to go yeah. to school for it anymore it's nuts i mean i was learning loads from you i i i i'm quite happy to say to anybody like i've been using well pre-illustrator freehand and yeah and every day there's just like a little thing where it's been there all the time i remember the first time God, i remember sharing this with you um like not many i'll tell you what here's how to catch illustrator users out and go oh my god you don't even know that ask them how often they use the appearance panel <laughs> yeah. and, that, and then and then yeah Oh, oh! You don't use the appearance panel, really? Well, what's the appearance? I panel? watched an Adobe live stream by uh, a, um, somebody called Jack. I can't remember their last name. I'm sorry, but they they're a regular on Adobe Live, and they did a whole hour long session about just the appearance panel in Adobe Illustrator and how much you can do with it. And I was watching it, going, "What the hell? It's yes. just nuts!" And yeah, I, I'm, I'm guilty to say, you know, I, I I certainly didn't use the appearance panel. I certainly do now, though. It's ridiculous. I know Monica Gauss, who's Vector Garden, she's she's like the appearance panel queen. Really? But there's a little tip in the in the appearance panel um, where, like, quite often if I make something, I'll, I'll chuck it in graphic styles, um, <laughs> which for the most part is pretty good and works. But I didn't, I never realised that when you're creating a, uh, like a bunch of styles for something and you got them all shown in the appearance panel, um, then if you go and like draw another shape. If you go to the appearance panel, there's like a little circle to the left mm -hmm. of what you'd be creating. Yeah. If you just click on that circle and drag it onto the thing you've just drawn, it applies the style. Yeah. First time I saw someone do that, I was like, well, that's got to be new. And they're like, no, that's been in there since forever. Oh, no. And you just feel stupid. So then you think, oh, I'm going to show someone this. And then you show it to them and they go, yeah, darling, I know that's been there forever. Man. So it's, it says so something. Educating yourself. Yeah. It does. It just says something about the, the 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 training that we went through in the software, and what the new releases and new product features and how they're sort of sold to us and how they're sort of revealed to us. Because no, this happens to me all the time. I get I get hundreds of comments on my posts going what? And everyone with a little mind blown emoji going. I had no idea. I had no idea the life, the time I've wasted. And I have that as well when I watch other content creators and I see stuff that that I pick up, and I do a video about it. And by the way, I'm sure to credit them in the video if i find a tip yeah, out from somebody yeah. else I'll, I'll credit them but i want to share that like because because that blew my mind um you guys have got to check this out and that's one of the reasons why i ended up blowing up on on instagram was because of the pencil tool and um yeah, abby conic who is prolific with the pencil tool she's a, a designer from the uk she's amazing um yeah she, she, she did this video where she manipulated the path using the pencil tool and then bingo bango bongo all of a sudden it just it, it just added it to the shape and i was like what the hell 15 years i never knew how to do that that video reaction of me trying that out was 15 million views All right so yeah that's how many people also didn't know that so that's really saying something isn't it about you know the the way that this these software um, updates are sort of presented to us it's just they need to kind of reconnect that um that space it's insane definitely yeah plus your 15 million Plus Sharon's on SRH. Yeah. She oh, yeah. Plus that is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy for, for Sharon. She's uh, she's lovely and I love her content as well. Um, I know she's going to do a reel about us talking about her on this because she did it last time with you and Liz Mosley. But yeah, she did yeah. exactly the same as I did. She took the video that I did 
on TikTok, posted it and got 2 million views. And my video on TikTok got something like 20,000. So it's this, that's TikTok and the, the slot machine that is their algorithm, isn't it? You know, yeah. You I'm, actually, I'm actually going to have Sharon on, on the podcast. Are you? Great. Because I, because I love what she's done with it. It's like, she just talks about her business, but she's like yeah. so natural. And I think that's, that's where you, I think you've been successful because I'm not, I'm going to blow smoke up your ass now. You never look like it's forced content. You always look like you're genuinely excited to share what you're sharing and that you're naturally in front of the camera. I hate doing stuff in front of the camera. It's like anything I've ever filmed, I've rarely watched back. It's like done, mm -hmm. done and dusted. Yeah. Whereas you, you, you're engaging. It's like you're in, it's like you're in the room and I'm just, like you said, I'm, you're sitting next to me. I'm learning from you. And I think that goes a long way with there's so many people trying to create content because they're reading all things about algorithms and whatever. But I think yours comes from a genuine, like genuine place. Yeah. You, you... I think that is um, because of my writing style. Okay. I, I've always been a quite a sort of colloquial writer. I write like I'm talking to you and I've written articles about graphic design for years and years and years. And I write scripts for my videos and that's the way I write is that I'm kind of talking has totally um, worked in favor with this video content. So when I write a script for a video, I'm writing like I'm chatting and that's always worked when I've kind of recorded those videos. Now you'll see from this podcast and, and live streams, my, my demeanor is completely different because I can't talk off the cuff like that. I'd say a lot of ums <laughs> and ahs, I stutter and, you know, stammer my way through my um my words but you know when i'm actually when i record something i edit it down it makes it look really succinct and to the point and i love that but it's that comes from script writing okay you gotta write a script if anybody if i could give you one tip about you know trying to make more video content write a bloody script because it totally helps you get to the point faster bearing in mind that you've usually got to get a video like a reel or a TikTok under a minute long to get any kind of decent engagement. Right. Like the partners that I work with, paid partners, they always say 40 to 60 seconds is that juicy kind of um, length of a reel or a TikTok video. So you've got to be really succinct and get to the point. And you've also got to hook them in at the start so they don't swipe past your video. You've got to solve a problem. You've got to you know wrap it up at the end so there's some kind of engagement like, what do you think? Leave a comment, you know, that kind of stuff. There's a lot to think about and a lot to get through in under a minute. You cannot do that. Well, I certainly can't anyway, unless you're a public speaker or a comedian, you cannot just, you know, do a soliloquy like that in front of the video in under a minute and have any kind of concise, um, any, any, you know, actually get your point across. So write a script. That's my, my big tip for the day. Yeah. Well, I love Tom Cruise is only Tom Cruise because he's got a script and he practices and they cut out all the <laughs> shitty bits. So you're, right. you're up there with Tom Cruise, mate. Thanks. I've never so been the, likened to Tom Cruise before. So appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you've done over the past year as well, a lot more, is obviously you've gone from doing the TikTok one minute and the Instagram. You've actually been doing some lives with some industry. I'm going to put you in there as an industry great now, but you've you've done some live talks with people who you've learned from, or you've admired. How, yeah. I mean, how's that helped you? What have you got from that? Oh, that's the, the coolest part about social proof is that when you ask a design celebrity do you want to come on an instagram live with me they go on your profile and they see three hundred thousand followers and they go oh yeah sure so i've Wait. been able to chat to some greats like ian barnard alan peters james martin abby connick christy campbell honestly it's just brilliant the 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 people that I now have access to essentially because of the sort of social proof has been great. And I've been able to 
you know, Alan Peters is a hero of mine. I absolutely adore his work. I've, I, I used his work as inspiration for the longest time. I have like posters of his, posters of his up in my office. Um, I got to talk to him for an hour and pick his brains about logo design and just get, have my mind blown by the differences between our processes. Like, for instance, like he, I do, I now do one concept for a client. Um, I used to do two and a, and a couple of rounds of amends. Yeah. I now do one. I talked about this recently on my on my socials with four okay. rounds of amends. He does 15 individual sketched logo marks for every client. And, and it's, because, it's because he's more of an artist. He's so much better at the sketching side of things. I suck at sketching. I can't do it. I use it to rule out problems and join the dots and connect bits and pieces. But I have to be in the software to kind of, you know, showcase my work in any kind of quality. He will do 15 sketches and have one of those go to a final product. And obviously, because he does 15, one of them is going to, you know, hit the mark with the client. And he also does things like um, agree on brand nouns. So he, he'll take five brand nouns from a client, things that they, they're happy to include in their logo. And that's right off the bat. He's got ideas for concepts that he can just kind of play with and work together. It's just uh, it was incredible. I've totally nicked that for my client process now, trying to get brand nouns out of clients. It's, it's not easy to do. I've tried it a couple of times, but when it works and you can basically approve a icon or approve a thing that they will guarantee they will like in their logo, it saves you know, an awful lot of bother. Yeah, and I've seen other people's process as well. It does make you... Like you, can be, you can be successful and be different, um, God, I couldn't even imagine that most I ever did was three and one of them was always deliberately shit. Yeah. So the picking from two yeah. and I knew which one I always wanted. And, uh, and I always used to joke and say, you can put your absolute heart and soul and 30 years of experience and read every book on your shelf. And when you submit that logo, it gets chosen by someone who has no idea about graphic design mm -hmm. and they'll go for the most, oh, I'm going to go for that one because my auntie Doris always loved <laughs> my mum liked you know, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's never it's never going to be the the reasons you, you could give all the reasons in the world for something could work, and it's frustrating when they do pick the worst one. But I think when you like speak to James, you speak to Alan, um, you speak to Ian, who's obviously more lettering. Mm -hmm. But I think what's good from those chats is the fact that how you both have the same amount of respect for each other, which I think was a testament to your personality is the chats have always been quite relaxed like you've done it 20 times before and your two mates were chatting about things mm. but i think they they've as much to learn from you as you have from them because it's just those methods those ways your personality comes into it you know your personality is different to alan's different to james different to ian's mm. and what i love is there's a room for everybody you know yeah it's, it's, it's no nice longer that the competing both. and secretive and you can coexist yeah, it's a definitely a different space now. There's no more gatekeeping anymore. Well, you'll find that the, nice. the successful people don't gatekeep. That's the that's the that's very clear. You know, sharing the knowledge, you know, so we can all grow is the way to do it. And even like with these other content creators that I've now met, we do each other's bits and pieces. We go each, on each other's podcasts and live streams and whatnot. And we always return the favor. And if someone has something to plug, you know, I'll, I'll drop them a link in the story or something like that, and, and it all comes back around. And I've done, I did a little mini sort of half course last year when I did a, a talk about growing your client base on TikTok. And I asked a couple of people for some quotes 
and the, the people that came out of the woodwork was just so nice this really really big names in the industry um i'm so appreciative ian himself he did a little um pull quote on my on my yeah. course it's just so nice um and that's the this is the key to it isn't it it's just kind of everyone helping each other out and sharing that knowledge and we all kind of grow and especially now when our industry is like under threat a bit from you know i don't want to say ai because it's not under threat by ai mean, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that we don't have to talk about that yeah but um you know like uh, under threat from things like maybe the cost of living crisis or a you know second recession you know those things where graphic design is one of the first places to go in terms of budget we need to help each other out and and grow as um our own businesses and especially freelancers as well so it's really important and i love i love our little community out there and this is why i'm so excited to go to max is to actually get to meet these people and uh, you know have a beer with them and actually talk to them without a delay from australia over a zoom call yeah <laughs> i can't wait for that right that's so uh, it's funny you mentioned AI. I did want to talk about it, but not in the way that everyone's been currently talking about it because um it's been something when something like big like this comes along, I sit back and watch it rather than like a lot of people go all in, like yeah. and, and it has to be all about everything. And then I think they get caught up. So at the moment, you know, I've I've got a couple of really good friends who do a lot of content around it. Um, Jesus Ramirez from the Photoshop training channel, known a good few years. He picked up on something the other day that everyone else is is ignoring. That was the first question I asked when when I saw the generative fail come out. Is so if I open up Photoshop and everyone's showing these images, oh, I've got this image of a woman in the forest, or I had castles and and forests mm -hmm. and you know extra things around. Okay, so you've just opened up Photoshop file that nine hundred meg. It's like the biggest pixel resolution you can get because that's what you're working with. It's going to be a big banner. Generative fill does not give you the same resolution as your as your original image. It right. gives a much smaller, worse resolution. And so everyone's going, oh, my God, this generative fill is amazing. I can add this and this and this and this. But it's not adding to the image in, in the quality that the original image is True. based on. But... There's an AI upscaler, so you could yeah. just throw that thing into yeah. it. <laughs> it's always got yeah. you. But they're the things you. you kind of have to learn. So I don't yeah. think the threat threat to the design community is AI. I think the threat is what people who don't understand what AI is think of our industry when they see it. Yeah. Because all the good designers aren't going, oh my God, I'm going to lose my job because of AI. It's all the people outside of the graphic design industry yeah. are seeing it and going, ha ha, you're going to lose your job. I right. could just type this in. This is it. This is a huge thing is that by creating AI tools, graphic designers are assuming that clients are going to go, well, you could do this in two seconds in AI now, so I don't have to pay you that much. And I have just devalued yeah. your industry. But you give AI to a client and see what they come up with. And I bet you nine times out of 10, the graphic designer is going to do a heck of a lot better job than the client is themselves. So I guess that's the, the, going to be the first point of call is if a client ever says to you, oh, well, you can do this in AI really quickly. He said, well, go, on then. go ahead, do it yourself then and see yeah. what happens because you're going to get some crappy results. And this is my my whole thing about AI is that we as graphic designers will always get better results than civilians. <laughs> I don't call them civilians, yeah. non-graphic designers, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, we, sh we shouldn't be scared of it. It's a tool to speed us up. It's going gonna, it's gonna to massively improve our workflow. And, uh, and you know, um, this is bad because I'm a logo designer and AI sucks at logo design right now. So my job is totally safe, yeah. but it's coming. It's definitely coming and I need to keep on top of it. 
Um, I'm just very lucky at the moment that if you put like a logo design concept into it, like a prompt, the results are awful. It still needs, you know, it might give me an idea, like say ChatGBT might give me an idea for a logo or a concept, still needs my skill as a designer to pull that design out and extract the most from it. And that's the thing, as long as we stay on top of it and don't just shun it and try and have it regulated and blackball it, we stay on top of it, keep an eye on it, use it in our workflow, incorporate it as much as we can, and it'll be a lot less scary and we'll get better results than, you know, your mum and pop. It's a bit like um, artificial crowdsourcing, as I see mm-hmm. it, because it's going out and pulling together everybody's thoughts and coming up with, if everybody thought about the same thing, what would we get? It's a bit like that phrase, um, if a committee designed a horse, it would look like a camel. Yeah. Because it wants to add all of the things. And I quite like it because it's fun to see, like you say, if you put a prompt in for something, it's fun to see what it comes back with because it's kind of an idea of, well, I guess it's sometimes what people think that would look like. I mean, it's rubbish with words and rubbish with logos. But then when you look at, like you said, okay, the recolor, generative recolor is quite a fun thing to do because you don't want to spend an hour messing around with, with different colors. It's a good way to just look at how something different could look. When I used ChatGPT, I was a Create Pro, and all my InDesign files I did, all my um, tutorial stuff, I just used ChatGPT and said, write a five-paragraph review of this film or write a three-paragraph review of this book. The the text side of it is really good. But on the graphic side, I mean, you know, Firefly, the Fireflies, you know when when your kid wants to tell you about the dream they had last night? (laughs) <laughs> and you really don't want to hear it, but you love them anyway. Yeah. Or anyone wanting to tell you a dream, you really don't care. But Firefly is where you put your dreams to see what they look like. <laughs> it's just use that. Everyone wants to go on the website. Yeah, no one wants to go to Firefly and put like, you know, a forest with, it's always got to be a purple gorilla riding a tricycle in a forest right. on the moon right. in winter. When would, when would that ever be a thing? It's the starting point of a project, isn't it? You, you you use it as like maybe an ideas generator to build the starting point, but you certainly don't use that final product in a client, you know, poster or something because good God, what it would come up with. But this is why generative fill in Photoshop is so much more fun because you're taking an existing image and doing your stuff to it. And, and that's going to save us time. So there's, a, you know, there's, there's ups and downs of, of using both, but I, I see like AI as like, um, it's like an ideas generation thing now for me. Like I'm using it as like, like kind of trying to build concepts and then using my skill to get to cross that final finish line and get that last 10 meters. Um, because yeah. it still takes, you know, your professional skill to kind of pull the most out of it. It's exciting. I I'm find it exciting. Saying, There's loads yeah. of tools out there and these, these tools are amazing and they're going to, they're already saving me time, like building client presentations, Photoshop mockups. Now, if I want to put a logo on um, an interesting background, um, I can put that into something like Firefly and create a Photoshop template of, of the logo mocked up onto that image and I don't have to use stock anymore. So yeah, it's 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 really powerful. Yeah, it's innovation though. You know, when we think back to, you said you started using Illustrator CS3. You look at the innovation we've had in our industry anyway, in terms of all the software and all the tools that we use. You know, you're using a CRM to, to manage your workflow. Mm-hmm. It used to be a person, but I love the content aware scale, content aware feel. Yeah. Um, select subject select. I mean, people used to make two hour courses on how to select hair. Yeah. And now, oh my God, yeah. Now it's two clicks. 
one click. <laughs> it's you, you, yeah. you have to kind of accept that. All right, they, they are the ways, but I think you need to understand the old ways to appreciate the new ways. If you just come in brand new out of school and you're like, "Well, right, I'm going to buy Creative Cloud. I'm going to be a logo designer. Let's see what this thing can do." Mm-hmm. It goes back to what we said earlier about understanding what Illustrator can and can't do before you start using the the tools that are taking the skill away from you. So, and that's why I appreciate old, like all of the books. People can't see me, but I've got like five hundred books to my left here. That a lot of them are all to do with artwork created pre-computer times. Lots of beer there. I see it as lot. well on the shelves. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of bottles of beer. Um, <laughs> Busted. DVDs, my souvenirs from trips. But yeah, I, I just I think you have to appreciate the craft and appreciate yeah. the thought process that goes into that craft. Like you said, AI doesn't have soul. So that's right. That's right. We, yeah. we can just add it as, as another tool now. We could talk about this all day long, but I just I just hate yeah. when people are scared of it and they freak out. And you know we've got to you know adapt or die, and it annoys me so much when people are like, oh well, you know it's it's going to destroy, it's going to take all our jobs, and it's, it's like oh shut up no it's not just stay on top of the trends stay on top of the software yeah. keep an eye on it you'll be fine honestly really give it three me. years mate you'll be typing in chat gpt yeah. create a one minute tiktok with with james barnard oh. explaining how to use oh, and it will just go and take all your old footage and it will create a whole brand yeah. new video of you it like will. max headroom Vimeo are coming out with something like that, you know. They've got, they launched the other day about a, a script writing tool. You type your script in, record in one long take, and it edits the footage down for you for a, a you know a reel or something like that. It's gonna, yeah. Content creation game is just totally gonna change. There's also already all sorts of bits and pieces like plugins for Premiere Pro that cut your podcasts together and edit them for you, and it's nuts. And again, it's all about saving you time and getting more content out there. So yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, no, it's all good. One other thing I wanted to ask you about something else that you've done in the past year that I, I believe we were the He Shoots, He Draws were your first ever podcast. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, technically, no. So I actually did uh, one for a, a um, client called the Sherwood Project, which was an NFT project. So that was technically my first one. But that was off, that was like a client case study. Yours was like an actual yeah. like proper you know interview. Yeah. Listen, yeah, listen to by million. Ours yeah. was the first listen million. So, <laughs> a big break. And it's something you've done again, it's something you've done a lot of since. You've been on a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um this time you know, again, it goes back to the time thing. It's great to get out there, but it's another thing you need to add into your process. Obviously, Beatrice having your back now with the extra work. Mm-hmm. But um like doing the podcast, so has that been something else that you've learned a lot from because I know when I it's weird hosting to being a guest and it's yeah. quite nice to be able to talk about who you are and your process and you forget as well like even me doing this there are brand new people listening to the podcast every time we put it out exactly yeah I and love you them. have to keep telling your story and I yeah. listen to all of them yeah. even though I know Thanks. you <laughs> Honestly, I know you probably like heard the same thing seven times now, but I can't get enough of going on podcasts. I love it because I get to talk about me for an hour. It's just the most self-serving, um, <laughs> big-headed thing ever. But no, you're right. It's like a marketing thing for me as well, like getting your eyes out in front of lots of different people. And I like just you know having a chat with people because, to be honest, sometimes the freelance life can get a little bit lonely. You know, you're in your office by yourself yeah. for hours and hours on end. Um, it's a big thing in, in graphic designers' mental health, and I like to talk to people. And 
Uh, I just wish it just wasn't on a delay. It's so annoying trying to have a rapport with someone and have a chat and do a bit of back and forth. And there's a half second to one second delay when you're chatting to someone. So I can't wait to get <laughs> to Max and actually talk to someone. Oh, that'll be so fun. I don't know if you've ever seen it as uh, Alan Partridge. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a BBC show recently and there was always this funny bit where he did a live stream to someone and they deliberately put the delay in. Oh, and it always made the conversation really, really awkward. But I remember the 80s when they used to go and do TV show or the football and there'd be like these massive delays. If anyone was in Australia, you'd have to wait like seven seconds before you yeah. got a response. It's so embarrassing. Now, I, you mentioned this before, but I was on TV in Australia here um, doing my interview for Sunrise, which is like an early morning breakfast show. And there was even a delay between New South Wales and Queensland. So at the end of the interview, when they sort of signed off, I didn't actually know whether I was supposed to say goodbye or not. I thought they would just cut away and they didn't. And they left it on me. So they're like four seconds went by and I sort of went, thank you. And uh, and it cut off. It was humiliating. So, yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up. <laughs> was it was it unbelievable? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's a little in joke for those who weren't aware. I said absolutely crazy yeah, yeah. something like four times in the interview. It was really embarrassing. I just got a bit flustered. But it's hard doing doing live TV was something I'd never done before. And I was on the breakfast show, sort of repping TikTok because there was the ban that was happening, and you yeah, know, TikTok had just been banned on Australian government um, phones here, so it's sort of creeping in. And my whole thing was like, it, what that will mean for my business if TikTok suddenly shuts down in the states. Because it's something I worked it out. It's like half of my leads from TikTok were all from the United yeah. States. Um, so yeah, I, I did a live cross with a camera in my office to the studio in um, in New South Wales, and you're staring straight down the, the lens of a camera with no visual feedback at all, with some with a producer chatting in your ear while you're trying to talk, and between your it's really distracting. So it was a proper baptism of fire. That I thought podcasts were and hard. not knowing the questions. Was, yeah. That was that was you pretty know tough. The questions that were coming, no, and some of them were really tough. Like, what do the Australian people think about the Chinese potentially having access to all their data? And I was like, I don't bloody know. Like, did talk about my As ambassador design of business. the Australian yeah. people? Yeah, <laughs> so I'm from England. As, exactly, an ambassador for TikTok. Like, oh god, it was a real curveball question. But yeah, that was so. That was a good little uh, tester. You know, potential future live public speaking events. So hopefully, I passed the test. Well, look, but I know we've been, already been chatting for an hour and uh, and I'm on my lunch break. So <laughs> ju- we, we will catch up again because yep. um, what I'd like us to do is, if we if we get time, um, after Max, not during Max, because you'll have a ton of stuff to do, but after Max, I'd love to catch up with you again. Yeah. But what have you now got leading up to the end of the year? What, what news coming to your life? Or what, what have you got apart from Adobe Max coming that, it's just been a kind of a new thing for you that uh, you can talk about. Uh, it's not a lot I can kind of talk about, unfortunately. Obviously, that that book project. I want to do a course. It's a real big um, sort of wish of mine to get this this Adobe Illustrator course out. I really want to do it. One of the reasons people follow me is because I'm really quick in the software and I'm really efficient with it, and it allows me to do logo design really quickly inside the software so for people that can't draw that's hugely powerful because you're straight into the software making ideas inside adobe illustrator rather than on the sketch pad where i just suck so i really want to do this course um there's a few awards in the pipeline that i've entered and i'm really you know fingers crossed that they they come out i love a good award 
Um, and then obviously the Logo Lounge book's coming out as well. So hopefully I'll be back in there again. But yeah, Max is the big one. I've got all my eyes uh, and all of my attention right now is focused on that because there's, there's potentially going to be a bit more for me to do there. Um, because they're obviously going to try and squeeze as much out of me as possible because I'm flying all yeah. the way to LA from Australia for a 15 minute talk. So, you know, while I'm there for three days, maybe we can do some other stuff. And there's some pretty exciting things that have been suggested. Um, so fingers crossed they all come to fruition. But yeah, like I say, the talk for Max is the one to focus on in the minute. So I've got to write my speech, practice it, bounce it off a few people, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, mate, you're going to absolutely smash it on me. I'm going to be like a, a proud relation sat in the crowd watching you. <laughs> Cheering on in the front row. So I, yeah, I um, so because I did the two online ones and then I did a little one hour thing in a pre-con last year with Russell Preston Brown, uh, which was great because I could, you know, tick off that I'm speaking at Max. This year I'm a TA. Um, I, did, I did kind of hope I maybe because I did two years I'd be able to get a, a Max session in person but i think the attendance is throttled again this year is it um until they get back to full strength yeah but i just love being there even as a ta yeah. if i just get to sit and absorb and learn and sit in all the sessions i'll be working with baron on his merch booth for three days and doing his um uh, he's actually doing a pre-con this year so i'm going to assist his pre-con and that's always Ooh. good fun to learn from that but yeah, yeah but just to, just to be at Max, and it's going to be so good to, it's a to actually meet you in person. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. be around and just hang out with. Yeah, I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of people say Max is expensive. I think I don't like that phrase. Max, something. It's generally is it affordable to you? Mm -hmm. um, I think when you consider what you get out of certain experiences, um, I've always said if. If you can put a little bit away each month from your project, you know, pay for your credit cloud, put some money away, definitely invest in going to events because if you're just going to put a value on what you're going to learn, it's going to be hard to go, well, actually, you know, I can't, I can't say that I can justify $1,500 to learn a, a bit of this. Mm -hmm. From the networking connection side and being at that event, being part of it, it's priceless. It is. You know, to, to me, to the fact that you, for the most part, I mean, I remember when um, uh, Sagmeister, Stefan Sagmeister was there. And, uh, you know, he's like a design hero, Polish, and they walk past you and they smile and say hello. <laughs> I was just like, Stefan Sagmeister stops and said hello. Like, he doesn't know who I am. Um, I know who he is, but it's yeah. just so nice that for the most part, apart from like, you know, Quentin Tarantino was at Max One. You, you're never going to see him. Yeah. But for a lot of the speakers and that, you, you do get hands on. You can talk to him. I, I remember chatting to Annie Atkins after when I saw her the first time she did Max. She was Lucky with a guy from a magazine that I kind of knew. So I went up and introduced myself and said, you know, I'm from the UK and I, I work with you guys at Future Publishing. And, and we got chatting. And I tried to introduce Annie to a street graphics because Tom was working for him. But she said, like, she doesn't really use Illustrator that much. No. She does so it all like physical props. Photoshop. Yeah. But she was just lovely. And the fact you can go up and speak to these people, you, you are going to have, like, the best time. You're going to be like a kid in the sweet shop, mate. I can't wait. Well, I've, there's, 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 there's very little design um, networking events here in Australia, but I was lucky enough to go to the Brisbane Design Conference 
um a week or two ago and just to, as a taster for max it was so cool just to kind of actually chat to other people like me you know nerds in graphic design it was amazing so i you know max is going to be Not like that selfie. on steroids yeah i got one selfie did i say about it yeah, yeah one person <laughs> one person recognized me it's my first time being recognized out in the public it's a special moment uh, a lovely lady called flavia came up and asked to have a photo taken with me so i was absolutely um just overwhelmed with joy with that it was fantastic so uh yeah hopefully you'll, there'll be more of that in, in adobe max fingers crossed I look forward to it. Yeah, definitely. And now you've had your toothpicks. That's it. Tied myself up. That's right. <laughs> well, well, look, mate, thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure chatting to you. And no I know, like, we, we, the stuff we can and can't talk about on podcasts, but yeah. definitely looking forward to catching up well, with I'll, you. I'll see you next year. And we'll do another one next year and we'll talk about it then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where are you? Well, no, yeah, I'll be going through your agent, not Beatrice. <laughs> I'll be going through your agent next week. Can you fit me in? It'll be. Because I know Chris, I've never asked Chris to be on the podcast. Um, just know even though like I know him to chat to, I know I respect his thing of look. I'm super busy. I'm doing a million things. Yeah, I only really talk to podcasts with this following, and I'm nowhere near that following. That I wouldn't. Ins- I wouldn't want to put him in a position to ask him. Yeah. like as a friendly basis for him to turn me down politely i you know i know i know my place so the, <laughs> there are people you know i, I deliberately don't ask i know yeah. lizzie's doing her 100 no's or whatever yeah rejection. but i'm yeah but i'm also kind of no nah, look I, the, if it's ever going to happen it'll happen when it's meant to happen yeah nice just, just be able to go up and speak to him and speak to I don't know, mate. From met. what I, you know, thanks to you, I got to meet him in Brisbane and I got to pick his brains for two hours and he could not have been a nicer chap. Um, he is. You know, he's very intimidating. Obviously, he's he's worked in a position where his job has been to kind of grill people on their um, industries and their designs and give ruthless feedback. And I was very, uh, very nervous going to meet him, but he was just such a lovely guy. Got to chat to him for two hours. Um, all thanks to you. All through, slid into his DMs and got it all sorted out and <laughs> drove to Brisbane and two hours later I was sort of flying high writing notes taking notes of everything he just said but yeah you should just try him man he's a, he's a lovely bloke I'm sure you'd be uh, you'd be yeah. surprised and you did a great video with him which was yeah, very funny that was cool wasn't it yeah <laughs> right all listen right. I better let you go um, thanks. but no thanks again mate and uh, so th- I'm going to put this out on the 6th of July which is our one year anniversary so um, I'll point everyone to your Instagram, your TikTok, and Thank you. and all your other wonderful places, your website. And uh, is your TikTok video class thing still available? Uh, it is. It is. Um, yeah, you can find it at uh, barnard.co forward slash um, TikTok, if I remember rightly. It's been a while since I've checked it out now. The thing is, obviously, I made that in October last year, and we're in June now, July. It's going to be out of date. A lot of the stuff in, in there is kind of has a bit of weight to it, and there'll still be some juicy stuff you can get out of it. But some of the specific things about editing and TikTok yeah. are going to have changed now. So, um, you know, but if you go on my website, sign up to my newsletter, there's a free ebook version of it. So just get that. You don't have to pay for yeah. the full one. Ah, brilliant. That's All right, fun. mate. Well, I will see you in a few months. <laughs> Cheers, man. See you, Max.